please make welcome the Ball and All podcast, James Tiger Woods, Beric Eckerbarts, and the king of speaking in the third person, Steve Condor Condo Condon. Okay, boys, we are back on the couch. Uh, welcome, Satsy, you're here, Woody's here. Monday's experts. Uh, it's a new Monday's experts because we're going to move into a bit of a bit of a slight change in the potty with a bit of focus because we're two weeks out from the NRL after the trial started on Friday night. Um, we're going to have uh, Jerry Condon, which is my eldest brother. Um, he runs a algorithm sort of backed um, tipping NRL tipping um, platform, I suppose, which has been very successful. We're going to engage with Jared Mondays and Thursdays. It'll probably move to. Um, moving forward. So Jared's going to be on today to do the first of uh, our previews of the NRL. Can I ask how you and your brother got out of the matrix and, and now you're from going just flat, like do you guys just see numbers coming down in front of your eyes or how does it work? Uh, it's just a numbers I'd say out of, I'd, No, 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 no it's not. It's not. I'd say out of the five kids, it's, there's probably two that are numbers. The other three definitely aren't numbers. And I'd say out of my two kids, they've they are definitely not numbers, especially when you go for a holiday, Woody, and you know you've got a budget of X and it just doesn't quite land on the budget. Their budget's not, their budgeting's not as good, eh? Yeah, no, nah, definitely not as good. Um, and also uh, on the long form, uh, we've got long form podcast, we've got Kai Hurst, which is going to drop on Wednesday night. Yeah, that'll be sick. Um, Woody, you and I weren't there, but Satsy, you were? It was, mate, it was really good. Yeah, he, I thought he was um, very insightful. He gets the information across really well. And the other thing I like too is, you know, when you meet someone, you can just tell they're a good bloke straight away. Yeah. Shook people's hands, was remembering kids' names. Like he wasn't a – he was down to earth. Quality human. Quality human. Um, and really interesting, I like the fact that um, after his sporting career ended, well, the, the surf life saving stuff, he went into the sailing, which I had um, no idea about. So, And he's now full-time into his coaching, so – yeah, really good. And it's it's weird being here without uh, with condo, isn't it, Woody? Like it's sitting here. It's usually you and I. Yeah. You know, when we'll we'll make ourselves at home and uh, <laughs> yeah. have, a, have a coffee, <laughs> check, check the Airbnb I'll bookings. Eat some, I'll eat some of the bags of chips that are stashed in the cupboard. It's weird having you here, but anyway. Yeah. yeah do, do you want me to stay, or do you want me to go? Stay. Away? Yeah. It's yeah. Great. It's no, nice hang out because no one's coming for at least two weeks. I think. <laughs> Is that the next booking? Yeah. yeah. Okay. The, so the last one we did the place we didn't couldn't find the aircon button, and, and I was. Oh, how sweaty was I, Woody? Oh, yes. <laughs> he was looking at me. It's freaking me out. Okay, well, we've got the aircon on this morning. The other, the other slight change, uh, a little bit uh, remiss of me to mention, is um, we've actually got Mello out of his cave, and he's going to do CT previews with us. Um, we did the first one yesterday, punchy 15-minute one. If you haven't listened to it, it's a- actually up live, uh, which is really good. So um, Mello's going to join us um, prior to every CT event, Woody, which I think would be great because the insight from you two guys who are – surf nazis is it's uh, second to none yeah i it's it'd be cool to hear his insights because i feel like he's so he's i don't know he's a bit of an introvert old mel so you don't hear he's actually got he's pretty analytical with his stuff he and is he's a deep thinker at times but it's just hard to get it out so it'd be good to get his into, uh, input into every location because oh. he's he's been to just about every ct stop and um you know five or six years on tour, he's experienced it a few different times. So, I like how Woody knows all the info. Like, yeah. Mello will go, oh, that was probably 2007. And Woody goes, no, no, mate, it was 2005. 2012. <laughs> have you still got the board? No, I don't think I have. Yes, you do. Al Emery's got it. <laughs> like, Woody knows. Yeah, you, know, you lost that heat to Taj Burrow and you lost the car. Yeah, well, oh, I, yeah, I did too. 
Yeah, he that's that's kind of our that's how it's yin and yang with that shit. Yeah. But he um when he once he gets there and like I don't know, I've had a couple of chats with Melo lately, just on technique or surfing or the way he approaches stuff. And he's got good one liners that he doesn't always like you know how he just says a couple of things, he won't say a lot. Yeah. Mm. He's got a lot of good things there, but he just it's like fucking getting water out of a stone. What was his relationship with why did he do so well in Hawaii? You know how he was always sort of just not good there. good stance, strong stance, like powerful. Powerful. He used powerful waves well. So yeah. he 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 had a really good like his fundamentals, you know, he was really strong on his feet, could hold his rail for a long period of time and he had a really good back he surfed off his back foot so he could place place a bigger, longer board really well. I yeah. I think that's Probably what suited him the best, like he did well at J Bay, um, did well a few different times in Europe, a few times in uh, Margaret River for the when that when that event was a six star. Yeah. So those sorts of big open face waves really suited his surfing. Obviously, you live in Atlantics, but mm. I think he just, I reckon too, because he always needed to fucking do something good in Hawaii. Yeah. He was like, fuck. <laughs> And just fired up. The, 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 I think the other thing that everyone underestimates is how fit the guy was. Yeah, like really he, he, he really prided himself during his career in keeping himself in tip-top shape. Yeah, he's like a little, you know what he's like. He's yeah. pretty short, short legs, but really strong core. And I don't know, that's just riding a bigger board, riding a bigger board well. He was really good at doing that. No, well, I'm actually really upbeat about the WSL uh, previews because mm. I think every preview will get better because we'll just drag more and more out of Mello. He'll probably fucking get Devo because he's actually having to talk a fair bit. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he said to me after and he goes like, oh, fuck, I'm going to have to watch this comp now. I go, you should, mate. It's fucking surfing. It's <laughs> fun to watch. to watch. this comp. He goes, yeah, yeah, I'll watch a bit. Oh, so right, uh, well, let's uh, move into around the grounds. Oh, we've got to start with the cricket. Bowled out in a session in the second innings. Mm. Um, I don't know. There seems to be a lot coming out uh, after this result. I don't know why it didn't come out earlier, but the focus that the Aussie side, the Aussie test side had to have with the BBL sort of component yep. where they had to stay here. Um, the preparation probably wasn't as good as it could have been, um, which is all driven obviously by the BBL dollar. Um, and it's, you know, quite... Quite obviously, they've turned up in India, sort of underdone, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, almost flat, eh? Flat. Would you say? I reckon flat, and I reckon a, a sort of a glass half full mindset, where they weren't just there as part of a a strike mission. It was almost sort of a negative from the get go. Um, you know, the whole talk around the pitch. Ah, uh, yeah. Like I, I don't think the bowlers bowled obviously that well. That young guard, uh, the debutant, Murphy. obviously Murphy was outstanding. But apart from him, I don't think they rated anyone over. Five. And you know the problem, they go to Delhi and you know the last test side to win there was in the mid-1980s, Viv Richards yeah, in right. the West Indian side. So, so, no. so that's the graveyard of Well, India. it sort of sounds like, I haven't been the, to that ground and I obviously definitely yeah, haven't I, played there, but it definitely sounds like it. Mm. Have you played there, Sats? I played, uh, no. <laughs> I, I actually did. We, Kondo's saying he hasn't played there, you're a fucking idiot, Kondo. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, I actually you I are? actually did, yeah. The Lennox under 12s toured there in uh, 1997 after... A stellar year in the North Coast. <laughs> <laughs> Righto. Well, let, let's, out, uh, India for let's not 25. talk about the cricket too much because we've all seen it over the weekend. It's pretty depressing. Okay. Uh, obviously, there's going to be changes. Quick yeah. question. Yeah. Yep. That's, who are the changes? So, oh, changes well, from you, Kondo. Who are you changing? Well, Green obviously just walks straight back in if he's fit. Head walks straight back in. I don't understand. I'm still absolutely flabbergasted how he was not in the first test side. So, there's two bats straight in. There's, uh, they've rushed another spinner over this morning. Yeah. Um, is that, is so. That? 
so Did they're talking a no, it wasn't. I, I can't think. Jeez, oh, I can't remember yeah. the name. But so there, there is talk that they might play three spinners. Um, Line looks shit out. So I thought. I personally, yeah, I, I don't know. I'd almost bowl um, Smith and uh, Labuschagne. Smith didn't bowl. No, didn't bowl him. I thought that was bizarre. Yeah. I mean, he he started as a spin bowler, didn't mm. he? That's he did. Yeah, I, I'd make those two changes. Um, I'd, I mean, obviously. Um, yeah, Cummins, I thought was was pretty ordinary, but well, look, I'm on the record as I, I'm. My jury's still out on Cummins. Mm. Like he's obviously a really, really, really good bowler. Yeah, I'm just not a hundred, hundred percent behind his captaincy. I, I'm, st- yeah. I still, mm. I, you know, he, I, I hope he proves me wrong. Yeah, but I, I think we've just seen enough with the Langer know, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and just you know, I think this Travis Head thing. Mm. Yeah, just it just seems like his fingerprints is you know they're all over it with Ronald McDonald and you know anyway. Does the captain still have the same amount of input on teams as they used to have? I feel like if Pat Cummins wanted head in there, he would have been. It there. probably would have been. Yeah. Well, well, Sats, I mentioned on Friday the, mm. when they tour, it's the coach, so Ronald McDonald, yeah. the captain, <laughs> and if there, so they're two votes, mm-hmm. and then if there is a touring selector. So if there's no touring selector, I would say the way this is rolling is that the captain just gets his call, here's which he should. Yep. He should. Here's my change. You move Hanscom, right-hander up to bat with Kawaja. Yep. Warner out. Warner out yes. and put Head back in at number five. At five. And Green back in. If he's fit. Who, but, you, who comes out for Green? Uh, Renshaw. Renshaw. Yeah, Renshaw. Fucking yeah. right off. Yeah. Uh, UFC, big fight yesterday afternoon. I mean, how much was that stadium in Perth pumping? Like every man and his dog was there. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously incredibly hard to get tickets. Uh, it sold out in about five minutes. It's only February and everyone's calling it fight of the year. Yeah. Uh, what was your take? What are you at the UFC? Um, yeah, we were down at the uh, Lennox Bolo. It was, it was such a – they were having a Chrissy party. So they were shutting as oh, soon yeah. as the fight finished. So it was just only fight people in there really, just watching the UFC. Um, yeah, it was – I don't know. I, I saw it as Volk one, but yeah. I, maybe I didn't – you know, obviously I didn't pay much attention to the when he was getting him on the ground, purely because he wasn't doing any damage. And he never really put uh, – Islam never really put Volk in any position where it looked like he was going to get a submission. Yeah. Because Volk could still throw – even though they weren't very damaging punches, he could still, still throw him around and he never looked distressed. Yep. When Oliveira, the fight, mm. previous fight when Islam got the belt, when Oliveira went to the ground, he looked distressed. Right. Like it, Volk did not look distressed at Gee, all. It's technical, all. isn't it? The way they judge it? I, I feel like they maybe after that result, they'll change the judging purely oh, because... Really? There was blow-ups, wasn't there? That there was, was blow-ups just on the decision purely because they judged it how they would judge any other fight. Mm. But it was so blatantly obvious that he was just pinning him on the ground because that's a t- it's the easiest way for him to score. But uh, he did no damage. What's his oh, um, okay. wrestling... What's that technique? Uh, I think it's samba or samba wrestling. And essentially that's just it's like getting free, him on the ground. Freestyle ra- wrestling. It's usually a submission, it's submission wrestling, yeah. but they usually, they can either, they try and get on the mount, which is on top, mm. and they'll try and just, you know, throw so it they'll obvi- So they'll obviously be a rematch. Has to be. Yeah. Has to be a rematch, but hopefully this inspires it. Like they've been talk of changing the rules in yep. regards to getting them down. If you get them down... Yep. And you don't really do anything and you don't attack. You shouldn't have get points. Even if you sit on them for two minutes, yeah. it shouldn't be like a round to you. Woody, yeah. um, a numbers question. What, do you know what those guys got paid for yesterday? Oh, they both hold the belt. I'd imagine Islam would have probably got, I don't know, anywhere from probably three to ten mil. Oh, really? That much? And then I'd say Volk the same, maybe five mil. Maybe they just got a flat rate. They okay. split it. 
They, they wouldn't have got any pay-per-view, but that pay-per-view would have been huge. Well, Enormous. they were saying that was, had, had the potential for that Volkanovski fight for it to be more than uh, a Conor McGregor fight. Like it... Or maybe the long later in the year, if he comes back and really? fights in Australia. Well, yeah. As in the viewership yesterday was As bigger. in the pay-per-view. How good to have well, the potential. They, they mm. got a couple of things on their side. So it's the night before the Super Bowl. Yes. Uh, it's uh, a two-belt fight. So it's, you're yeah. fighting a belt holder at 45, belt holder at 55. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's the first title defense for Islam. So it would have been a few things like that. But I feel like that fight was such a good fight. For non um, UFC mm. diehard fans, you, I think Volk won a lot of UFC fans. Do you reckon Perth would have had some like fights last night? Like there would have. Been- <laughs> I'm surprised no one at the bolo went out on the green, started throwing fucking haymakers. Where was Ruv? Ruv was trying to say it was it was a fair call, which it probably was. Oh, but as was in the result, because the last round he went mad. Like Volk went mad, but Volk in the press conference, I'll just say this: the last thing. Um, he probably paid him too much respect in the first two rounds of his wrestling. Yep. Expecting him to be way stronger in the clinch and getting him to the ground. And yep. he thought he was baiting him. This is what he said in the press conference. He's like, oh, I just thought he was going to be like making it easy for me to get back up. And then he was going to think, you know, trick really? him into doing it. But in the end, he wasn't really that hard to, to keep him up he on his feet. He left some in the tank. Well, that's he? in the last yeah. round. He's like, I'm fucking going him here. And he should have. He's like, if there's one regret, I just wish in the first two Went rounds, harder. I just didn't give a fuck and went Beautiful. after Beautiful. Righto. Well, uh, let's move on to our, uh, our new segment. So we're really going to dial into the NRL and we'll get um, Matrix brother on the line. Starting to fall. G'day, Jared. Welcome to the uh, Ball and All. Um, Woody's already named you. I think it's uh, Matrix uh, Matrix Senior, brother. Is that Woody? Is that right, Woody? Yeah, mate. Welcome, Jared. How are you? G'day, Woody. Just pumped to be here. Epic. So you got uh, you, at this end, Jared. You got Woody and Sats, uh, and obviously Condo here. So um, we're ready to go. We're pretty pumped to get into uh, reading the play. So maybe give us a uh, a quick sort of ninety second uh, intro into uh, what reading the play is about, how it's come about, and uh, sort of how you specialise. Yeah, well, I, I, I coached at a senior level for 16 years um, and four of those I had on the staff at uh, the, the defunct these days North Sydney Bears. Uh, bring back the Bears, let's start the chant. Um, so, I, yeah, lo- love my footy, coached, uh, coached for many years, love coaching. And when I retired, it was at the same time when uh, sports betting started to become very strong in Australia and... Uh, I started to look at rugby league from a betting angle as well as a past coach and that sort of built into what I do these days. So 10 years ago, I released a website where um, reading the play where I look at rugby league and we offer a couple of other things. But um, my, my view is from a past coach and then using a lot of data, analytics, um, algorithms, and I re-rate and rate every team, every game, and then bet pretty seriously around it. Beautiful. So um, how we're going to approach this for our listeners is we're going to do uh, four podcasts where you're going to do a review, uh, sorry, a preview of each individual site. Um, we might sit out when you do the Tigers, Dragons and Knights because we're all very <laughs> upset about how they might go. But uh, we're going to start today with, um, I think, the four teams that uh, we're going to kick off with uh, 
today are going to be Raiders, Titans, Dolphins and Eels in that order. So uh, let's uh, let's get straight into the Raiders. Yeah, well, let's jump into Raiders. Listen, I, I think potentially on paper they're in for a very good season. And uh, on my season preview, which we'll mention in a minute, I've covered off where the draw has an impact for each team across the season. And they could not have wished for a better draw if they'd written it themselves. They play... You know, the least number of games against last year's top four and top eight. They play a high number of games against last year's bottom four and bottom eight. Um, as we know, the way to draw works, you play a number of teams twice. They've got a gift there in that they play lowly placed teams twice. In terms of squad, I think the key outs are Elliott and Sutton. Uh, but they have a depth of forwards, as we've known over the last couple of seasons. So I think they still match up quite well there. They've also signed a young guy from the Knights to keep an eye on uh, called Sulo, who's a front rower, could well play back row, that there's some wraps on. Last year, maybe eight. Um, on the back of that draw, on the back of the strength of schedule that they have, I certainly see them in the top eight again. I think could there be a couple of teams at the pointy end of the table uh, who falter it one way or another, they could well challenge for the top four. So certainly keen about the Raiders having a very positive year. What are they paying for the top four, Jarrett? Uh, top four, they were six fifty. Yeah, right. Okay. Nice, nice price. What? Well, and uh, second question on that one. I know Sats is sitting here crying. What? What were the Knights thinking, letting that front row go? Well, exactly right. Yes, I mean, uh, he's a good kid. He's come through their system. It's not like the Knights can let players go. That's crazy. Unbelievable. Hey, Jared, it's Satsy, mate. I was just going to ask you, I was reading your uh, Twitter the other night and um, there's on the, 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 you know, the soft draw for the Raiders, there was blokes saying that any um, time that they need to travel um, obviously affects Canberra. What are your thoughts there, mate? So if have they got a genuinely soft draw based on the fact that it's the teams they're playing or it's the lack of travel out of Canberra or a bit of both? Oh, listen, I think 80% of it is the teams that they're playing. Yep. And then they also only have six distant games this year that where they travel, You know, whereas some teams will have 10. Yeah. Um, and distant travel has been a bit of an issue, but they, they were better last year than they had in, in prior seasons. Um, yeah, I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with Ricky Stewart, Um the man's been at the helm for a long time. I think his results should be much better for a guy that's coached at this level for as long as he has. But the world's at his feet this year. There's no uh, there's no issues unless they lose a key player with injury. They should be very competitive. Mm. Okay, beautiful. My quick question for you, mate, is what algorithm – I'll just going to quickly hit you with what algorithm <laughs> have you got for the Tigers? Are they going to fucking – Woody, that'll be in a preview. Uh, that, that's Friday. You're just going to have to hold up. I need to know the algorithm. <laughs> Jared's, re- Jared's recalculating the algorithm because it hasn't been working. Oh, it's p- exploded. <laughs> it's exploded. Uh, Woody, the short answer is it's not great. <laughs> Righto, I let's move on that. to the Titans. So second team today to, re- to preview is the Titans. Well, I think there's a lot of learning they've got to take out of last year. I mean, year one of Holbrook was very positive. They got uh, up into the eight. Last year, they uh, they faltered, um, finished 13th. Uh, I think the key learnings are that they let Fogarty go, which was a big mistake. Oh. They played uh, inexperienced youth. It certainly had some talent, but in key roles at 9, 7, 6 and 1, um, and it just didn't add up. They had a bit of a clean out. Uh, a clean out also of their coaching staff. I think a key appointment is that they've brought Brett White in as their defensive coach. Uh, he's had many years at the Raiders. 
uh, came out of the Storm system. Uh, he's got big wraps on him as an assistant coach. Uh, but the other key thing here is they've signed two quality experienced guys in Foran and Sam Brillis, mm. and that will yeah. fix up nine and six. They've got talent around that. I think they're on the up. Um, I've got them somewhere around mid-table. I think they can challenge the eight, but I've certainly improved their rating up about 20% off last year. I reckon a big one there, Jared, um, is that fitness of um, the forward David Fafida. I think um, obviously that Tino Fasul Mulawi uh, puts it in every week. But I went and watched a game last year I where... It, I think it's also how he's used, don't you think? Well, so oh, mate, I just went and watched a game last year live and he was... I don't know whether he was injured or whether he was... Yeah, he just looked disinterested. Um, he was out on the edge and he touched the ball probably every third or fourth set. Like, he just wasn't putting his hand up for the work. So, um, you got any mail on David Fafita, well, mate? And what, how well, he's I think a couple, of key, a couple of key things there, old man. I think his his attitude needs a bit of a uh, yeah. bit of a bypass and a bit of a kick in the backside. And I, um, my mail is that he is likely to re-sign and extend. So that's probably a positive that they're mm. happy how they're approaching this season. I think the other key thing here is that Foran traditionally likes to play on the left edge, and Fafida is best when playing on the left edge. And I think that that combination will link mm. beautifully. And Foran's the sort of guy that will really be up his backside yeah, about performance time. and. And, and playing in the right spot and hitting the right hole. So I think that that's a positive. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they, they can mix it with the, the best teams. Their problem is defence. You know, they were atrocious last year. Mm. They've really got to tighten that up. They acknowledge that. The, the signing of Brett White is key. They've done a lot of work in the off-season around that. Uh, performance now is they've got to measure up. Is Justin Holbrook probably under the most pressure, do you think, mate, from a coaching point of view? Oh, listen, I think he's under pressure, but they, they've got a very wise board and ownership, and they didn't panic last year when the results weren't there. They backed the coach. He is a very, very good coach, um, and I've got no doubt that he can measure up and balance it up and take them forward. It's purely a matter of if he can get these young guys on the right path and now led by the right experience. Right, let's move into the Dolphins. So we, uh, we had a first look last night. I actually didn't think they were too bad last night. I thought it was quite interesting that their first game in the history in the NRL and Wayne doesn't turn up. That was that yeah. was interesting. What, what do you think, Woody? There? I don't know. He just wouldn't fly to Cairns. Was there any other take? I don't know. Oh, it's mind blowing. Oh, I just you think he'd be like the first one. He'd be leading the team out almost. <laughs> just about running out of time. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, firstly, Wayne would just be loving that we're talking about it. Secondly, he would have been... <laughs> do, you reckon, do you reckon he listens to the podcast? <laughs> uh, he, he, he'd be, he would have been sitting on the tractor last night um, driving around the fields uh, with his mobile and watching the game. Um, but the, the key thing is the players knew a week ago that he wasn't going to be there. I think what he's doing is the week before he used Nathan Fien in the head coach role for um, a trial... Uh, this week he used uh, Christian Wolf. I think it's part of his process of yeah. blooding mm. his assistance into those leadership roles. And, yeah, when when the weeks get uh, cracking in the next couple of weeks, you know, Wayne's the man. He's at the helm. I think they're in for a really tough year. I yeah. mean, they played a reserve great Cowboys last night um, and, you know, ended up with a, you know, a, a draw. I don't think there was a lot to take out of the game. The key thing about what they're, they're going to do this year is 
uh, unearthed some quality kids. And we mm. saw one of them last night, yeah. Brenton uh, Bearer on the left wing. You know, the, the, the kids are standout. Uh, he'll play a fair bit of first grade this year. I think their culture's right. They've got the right coach. But it's a really tough ask now to start up a new club and be competitive in the first couple of years. I think it'll be a tough year. Um, I've got them based at the bottom of the table, probably the lowest rating I've ever had a team in the last 10 years. But if there's a man that can turn it into performance, it'll be Wayne. So can I ask you a numbers question? How many games can they win and can you can you get a bet on it? Like, is it one? Is it two? Is it four? Oh, I think it's under three. Uh, okay. I think it's three or less. Um, I, I think they'll really struggle. And, you know, they're clearly going to be the favourites for the spoon. So a pretty um, easy first round match. So three games, they'll probably beat the Dragons, the Knights and the Tigers. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I think it might be a race between them and the Dragons for the base hey, of the hey, hey, you settle down. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, I think this is a contentious, contentious one, uh, first podcast for reading the play, the Eels. Um, mm. You sort of worded me up on this, but run us through the, the view on the Eels. Well, yes, uh, I've got Eel supporters uh, jumping out of trees in the last 24 hours. <laughs> I, don't, I, uh, I don't have them making the eight. Um, I just think that... Uh, I thought they overachieved last year. So they're going to go uh, from grand finalists to not making the eight. That's it. Wow. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, I thought they overachieved. I thought they were lucky to finish fourth and then got uh, whacked up in, in the first week, got through the grand final. How the Cowboys lost that yeah. major semi final is beyond belief. And then they got, um, you know, totally. Uh, one-sided grand final result, leaked 28 points, and their biggest issue is their defence. Now, you take out of that side five guys who are quality starting first graders. And what that means is there's about 140 games in first grade experience that played last year, not the last five years, just last year, that they take out of that list. And then they've replaced them realistically with, I think, guys that are not at the same level. So if I re-rate them on their player list, I've got to drop them by at least 25% in terms of quality. And so uh, they've got to fade. Now, on the back of that, they've got a really difficult draw. Um, I think they're borderline top eight. Um, I personally think they'll miss the eight. They were $2.20 to do that. Uh, I certainly had some serious money around that a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I think they're a major risk. Um, I'll be laying them to my nose bleeds all year long. Mm. Jared, what do you hear? What do you think, or who do you think is the biggest out? Like, is it Marnie to the dogs? Like, who, when you say those five guys that left that are, are playing elsewhere this year, is who's who's your biggest out for them? Well, I, I think the, I think all five matter. I mean, the biggest yeah. one is is Marnie. I, I, I think the kids right on the cusp of the right time in his career, and yeah. he's just going to prove an outstanding buy yeah. uh, for the Bulldogs. He's and very the, good the kid, last night. Mm. Well, and his last two years at the Eels have been outstanding. Then, you know, Papali on the right was, was you know, one of their best ball players and so instrumental in what they did in attack, in particular their try-scoring plays. Uh, Neil Corey, who's gone to the Warriors, uh, was great on the left edge and can play back row or, or uh, uh, left centre. Um and, you know, Kafusi. I mean, Kafusi was very good for yeah. the Sharks the other night. Yeah. And he was very good uh, in the World Cup. I mean, he's on the cusp of hitting the right time of his career. You just can't replace those guys overnight. Yeah, I um, Sats, Sats here, Jared. I, I heard a, a podcast the other day where they said that. Was it Jeremy Marshall King that, that um, was at the, the Bulldogs? Yeah, he was at the Dogs. And yeah. Marnie's gone there now. And they said that's not a huge uptick. Nah, I huge. thought that was bullshit. Oh. I, I, I reckon he's... Marshall uh, King's watching... gone to the Dolphins, hasn't he? 
I don't know where yeah. he's gone, but looking at Reed Murray yeah, yesterday, um, I don't know if you saw it, he threw about a three-man cutout pass to the winger who passed back inside, and I think the centre scored. Um, his passing um, is outstanding. And I think defensively yesterday, they missed one tackle in 40 minutes. So yeah. you, you go to your point, mate, where, where the um, Eels have softened in their defence. Um, conversely, the Bulldogs have, with um, Serraldo there, have gone the other way. Even a couple of years ago in the prelim or one of the finals against Penrith, you know how he was out injured and they had the um, backup number nine? Yep. They might have got over the line. It was, what was it, 8-6 or 10-6 mm. or whatever? They, yeah. Remember the, the backup well, nine dropped the ball mm, like yep. right on the line at the end? Yep, that's I'm right. I'm a huge fan well, of Reed Marnie. I think he's a very good player. Yeah, uh, two, two things to your point, uh, Sats. I mean, one thing I won't do is sit on the fence. And anybody that wants to think that uh, uh, Mahoney is only a slight uptick on Marshall King has got no idea. I mean, the guy the guy's a 50% better player at least. Secondly... Yeah. Uh, the, the brains trust at the Bulldogs, which clearly is high quality these days under Gus and a couple of his key people around him, know what they're doing, right? They had the option of keeping Marshall King and they decided not and they went after a first-class guy yeah. who's ready to play rep football and he will have a standout season. Yeah. And Marshall King's form in the first half of last year and in prize seasons I thought was very ordinary mm. and it wasn't until he was under pressure to find a contract for a new club late last year that he really aimed up and then got a gig at the Dolphins. Yeah, interesting. Quick question, mate. Is, is Moses hanging around at the Earls, do you think? Uh, my mail is not. No, that uh, it'll be announced in the next couple of weeks that he'll end up at the Tigers. No, uh, no, fuck, no. <laughs> if that no. mail is right, um, uh, something like about a $1.4 million a year. Oh, uh, my God, fuck. <laughs> what is in tears? Probably, uh, oh. probably a four-year deal. Oh. And, uh, I mean, li- li- listen, Woody, I mean, you've got to say that's got to be one of the best management uh, decisions ever. You sell oh. a bloke at 500 and buy him back at one point four. It's fucking out of this world. That sums up the West Tigers. It's hard to be a yeah. fan. Why can't you just go, just blood some new guys, yeah, blood some so. young guys? Shocking. Uh, well, the, the other impact is, that. Uh, what does that then have on the Eels and their season? Because yeah. you know, once that announcement's made, if, it, if that information is accurate, oh. I mean, you've got a guy that's, you know, sure he's going to put in, but, you know, it also leaves an underlying distaste across the list about, you know, who's on board, who's on yeah. the bus, who's here next year, who's not. Yep. Yep. I've got, Jared. I've got one last question for you before you go, mate. We're two weeks out from the start of the season. I need two bets or two good players for the Dally M, just one, two just in case one gets injured or one someone heads high as one. Who's your two <laughs> for the Dally M player of the year, mate, so I can put 10 bucks on each guy and retire? Uh, uh, listen, I think if you worked around the halves, um, at the Roosters, um, you'd be close to the mark. And I think Nathan Cleary will, you know, clearly oh, yeah, score yeah, very well again. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, my, we'll get to them over the next week. But I, I think that the, the Roosters are the benchmark this season. And certainly, you know, they were seven bucks a few weeks ago, which they're no longer. And yeah. I've been backing them for about six weeks. So. What are, Roger Tuivasa-Shek rocking up, you know, he's only... Fucking million dollar uh, player from the Warriors. Is he is he going to be there or is he there yet? Well, yeah. As we know with the Roosters, they'd have no trouble fitting another million dollar player in. Um, <laughs> he's he's, he's uh, moved into Pilatus's basement. I think he's, he's living hiding. at they bought they bought icebergs for it. He's living at the top <laughs> of iceberg. Well, I think the mail is that they weren't able to get the deal across the approval with the NRL this year, so he'll see out his union contract, but he'll be there he'll be next back. year. Okay, well, so Jared back the, in the NRL next year. 
thank you uh, very much for the uh, for yeah. I suppose the. Our listeners will get their heads around this, the Matrix. Yeah, we're, we're just going to call you the Matrix. Love, yeah. The Matrix Neo. is, uh, yeah, Neo. Yeah. Is it Neo? <laughs> yeah, or Morpheus. Yeah, Mor- Morpheus. Neo and Morpheus. So uh, that's a great wrap on the four, four sides today. Um, the other thing that we're going to do with Jared is, uh, well, firstly, Sats, mm-hmm. uh, your idea, we're, we're actually going to set up a ball and all tipping comp. Yeah, good. And what, how's it going to work? Anyone that can beat the panel, as in us three and, and BB, um, I There's don't know, prizes. they're going to get like cartons of ball and all beer and apparel packs and Should we whatever. just do it every, every weekend, beat the four? So if you, if you outbeat all four of us or just one of the we four. We might be giving out hundreds of hats if that's the case. Is Jared going to give us tips each week? We yeah. Get the, oh. yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go. Anyway, well, we're going to set up a ball and all tipping cop. We'll come back with details. I think it's a great idea. Uh, and the other segment we're going to have, which we'll roll into now, is uh, NRL What's Doing. So... Jared, uh, I know you and I have been all over this CBA agreement. It's a little bit boring for our listeners, but we need to stay on it. There have there has been decent, um, you know, pretty serious developments over the weekend. Can you sort of bring us up to speed? Yeah, very quickly, just to paint the background. Uh, I mean, uh, it, the deal should have been done six months ago. The fact that we've got to this level only weeks out from the season start, in my opinion, is just atrocious. Um, in the background, there's been three different mediators used by the NRL to try and get a deal done, and it still hasn't been done. As of last Thursday, they could not have been poles apart. Um, my understanding is from the weekend that um, that the NRL uh, board have now decided uh, we need to put this to bed, we need to get it resolved, uh, I believe that the players will now get what they're asking for. And it's not just about the increase to the men. There's a 20, 22% increase in the salary cap and payments to the players. It's also about the funding of the women's game and a whole range of other things. That will now be agreed to, uh, and we'll get this resolved over the next week. But the other thing that will also uh, unfold is I think the clubs will end up having to foot the bill out of what would have been their payments to each of those clubs, um, that will make for very interesting relationships between clubs and the Players Association and the players and how we move forward. But the good news is uh, it will now get resolved. Uh, smarter decisions have been made that uh, we need to bring this um, to peace uh, and move forward and get it out of the papers and focus on the game itself. So are we thinking that that will be announced in coming days this week? Oh, I think, yeah. I, I'd say that by next weekend, um, uh, it'll all get put to bed in the background. So, Jared, um, Sats, mate, the, I know they had a bloke off Channel 9 that was there, like you said, six months ago, and he got paid a fortune to basically do do nothing with it. And then you would have had Andrew Abdo involved and uh, I'm sure other blokes in the background. What was the catalyst for this swift um, outcome over the weekend, mate? Was it someone else getting involved? Or? It starts at the top, doesn't it? Well, yeah, I, I think the bottom line is that the board and and, uh, and the chairman of the NRL had ho- hoped that um, Abdo and those uh, helping him could have got an impasse and some sort of agreement. The key thing here is that the Players Association have stuck incredibly strong uh, and to their guns about what they want um, and what they think is right moving forward. Uh, I actually am on their side. I think mm. what they're asking for, 100%. aside from the salary, mm. are the right things for the game and the outcome of the game in the future. Um, and I think it's ne- they've now realised that they're just not going to move or give in, and we have to give. I think um, Clint Newton and um, Christian Welsh and those guys have done their um, their brand 
a pretty, you know, their brand. Their, well, their their reputations. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, you know, like they they've like you said, mate. It's David versus Goliath. They've they've stuck up for themselves and the players and um, have, have been amazing throughout. So I think that you know every player in the NRL now and moving forward with the things that they want. It's not just about the dollars. It's all that wraparound stuff. I think they've got those two blokes to to really thank well, for that. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think they've communicated very well. I think they're. Public support and social media following has been nothing but very positive. I think that's painted the NRL management and executive uh, in you know a, a bad light, and that they haven't had the level of support that they probably expected. Um, I think that there'll be fallout by the middle of this year. I'd expect uh, if uh, there was a tip into twelve months' time that the game will have a, a new CEO. Right, right. Oh, let's uh, let's roll into Friday. So, what what teams in rounding off are we going to preview on Friday, Jared? Well, who should we do? Should we uh, should we drop the Tigers in there somewhere? I think we're going to have the Tigers <laughs> on Friday. Woody, let's do Woody's, all our teams. Yeah, Woody's upset. Yeah, let's do Tigers, Dragons, Knights, Broncos, which is probably the bottom oh, four. <laughs> this could be a very depressing podcast. <laughs> are you happy with that, Broncos? Yeah, t- yeah let's, let's let's do those. Okay, let's, we'll do those four. Right, this could be this I mean, could be interesting already, listening. We're, we've already lost the Yields fans today, so we may as well slice through a few more on yeah, uh, Friday. Let's, let's get rid of the bad ones. Righto, well, it's been, uh, it's been fantastic having the Matrix on uh, Episode 1. We're going to do a lot of work Beautiful. around the NRL this year. We're all into it. We love it. And uh, we've got the best person to uh, lead the way. So we'll catch you again on Friday. Now, um, for all our listeners out there, um, Jared's uh, website, reading readingtheplay.com.au. I know you've got a few specials for our listeners if they want to jump on there, Jared. Yeah, two things, uh, Steve. If they go to the home page or they go to the NRL page, um, they'll see links to the season preview, which is free. So all the numbers and ratings that I talk about and some of the background info, it's all there as a season preview for them to read through and uh, get a feel for my thoughts. And secondly, we have a season pass, which covers the whole 32 weeks of the season, all of my previews, thoughts, and best plays and bets uh, each week. And at the moment, we've got uh, $92 off that uh, as a special for anybody that hits the website at the moment and wants to sign up. Uh, we'll look after you all season long. And that's for ball and all listeners only. So all our five listeners, get on there. <laughs> all right, we're on there. Righto, thanks, Jared. We'll, thanks, uh, we'll, Jared. We'll thanks, dive Jared. in on Friday. That was, uh, that was excellent. Righto, boys. Uh, I don't know about Friday. I might not turn up on Friday if we're going to do the Dragons, Knights, Tigers, but that was good. Bro. That was epic. That was so good. Loved yeah, it. it. was really good. Uh, we're, going to, we're going to move on to a, another, um, another new segment. It's, go, it's called uh, Woody's Wellness Wardrobe. So, Woody, um, I think this was your idea, but I think it's a great idea. You're going to pull out of your wardrobe, uh, you know, I don't know, <laughs> dietary, dietary recommendations, nah. training recommendations, nah. circuits. I don't know. What are you going to pull out? Well, can I just quickly, before he starts, paint the picture, what, like – Woody would be up there with like the fittest blokes getting around. Like he's got uh, probably runnings. He's is he fitter than BB? Oh yeah, I'd say different fitness wise yeah. for sure. I, yeah, like I'm he's definitely he's, a, as... he's he's running. He's like you could beat him condo in <laughs> yeah. running. I reckon. Yeah, you condo yeah. could beat him. <laughs> got him. Well, you don't run. I reckon you got him. So I... <laughs> but he's 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 um. We did a bronco down yeah. the um. Buddy boys a few weeks ago, and um, it's you know zero twenty back to zero zero. 40 back to 40. Anyway, you do go and have a look at what the Bronco is and Woody was uh, up there with the, 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 the winner straight into the um, rest of the session. So, no, he's, he's what I'm trying to say is he, he knows his shit. With, yeah, so uh, he's going to give, he's gonna so, give us, yeah. so Woody, you're going to give us insights, each, no, each yeah, body. I, I'm, mate, I'm definitely not a professional in any fitness areas. I just like doing it. But 
I'm going to start you off with something to just get us get you in the right headspace to maybe change a few habits. And this yep. one is a podcast. So I want you. Hopefully, all the listeners out there will have a crack at this podcast. It's um, it's a Andrew Huberman uh, podcast, and it's called. He's got a podcast called the Huberman Lab. So H U B E R M A N Lab. Yep. And it's episode. Um, it's an episode on December the twenty sixth, twenty twenty two, and it's with uh, Jocko Willink. So it's on. Um, I listened to it on the plane. It's on how to become resilient, forge your identity, and learn how to lead your life well. So it's it's probably f- just around four hours the podcast, but I recommend to just listen to it in like forty minute blocks or an hour block. Um, I don't know. I I I feel like I have some pretty good habits, but I feel like my habits got better and. Do you reckon that's the main takeaway, mate? You've got to form good habits? Yeah, and this just... So Andrew Huberman's a really clever neuro guy. He's a neurosurgeon for... He works out of um, Stanford Stanford. University in America and really clever guys. Talks about, you know, different ways to get better sleep, different ways to improve your training, different ways to improve your recovery. He's right into the fitness side of the brain and how to activate that better with sauna, ice, food, whatever you're eating, your daily habits. So he's just trying to improve your daily habits. It's it's more on what you can do, so you're not spending a lot of money on it. It's just ways to do stuff a bit better. But he speaks uh, on his podcast with Jocko Willing, who's an ex-Navy SEAL guy, um, who actually goes now into like big corporate world and coaches leadership and how to lead a company See. or different teams, different um, you know uh, sport sporting teams, stuff like that. Anyway. Stuff on it is great. Different ways to train, different ways to have a better day, different ways to right, that's a great start, improve your parenting. Anyway. Have you, uh, what do you listen to at the moment? I mean, that was going to be the next segment, but Woody sort of jumped, uh, jumped forward because uh, he, he can pull anything out of his wardrobe. But He's, yeah, um, what, what do you listen to it at the moment? I like the Huberman um, lab ones. Um, anything you've listened to recently that you'd recommend? Um, trying to think. Mate, I listen to – I sort of swing between – Sport, crime, um, ball and all. Crime? Crime. Oh, I What's really the like best crime, crime one you Mate, I, I really love that guy that, that he works for the Australian. Um, he, he did the teacher's pet yeah, okay. uh, and oh, Shandy's yeah. story. Um, yeah. His name will come to me in a second. Anyway, go and have a look at the Australian. They do a, 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 some really good crime docos. Yeah. Um, so there you go. But how lucky are we these days to have podcasts like – how much information can you that get you can really get quickly? Really quickly, yeah. From at, a, the, at the touch of a button. Well, you think about it 10 years ago before really podcasts were just starting. There was radio shows, but I don't think there was radio shows where you had a Stanford professor Correct. in neuroscience yep. interviewing the, one of the best Navy SEAL guys that ever yes. went to war mm. and how they activate better ways to, or better ways to activate your day and sleep and yeah. I didn't know you were going to come up with that one, but for me, I listened to you put me on to um, Uberman, um, and I listen and they're long, so I listened to quite a few on the plane and while I was away. But I listened to the one on alcohol. Yeah, mm. that one's that, that's scary. that's really yeah. It, it it it's a bit scary, but gee, I will tell you what, it's informative. Yeah. It, it makes you. I've, I've made some changes there. It's just like it's just, that's what I mean. Like yeah. you might not change exactly what you do and go full cold turkey and whatever it is, but if you can make, but it's little, research based. It, which you yeah, know, which I love the way he comes across. Yeah, you can't like you can't you deny can, that he's yeah. not knows his shit. Yeah. Like anyway, I, I I feel like his ones are great, especially when he's got a really good subject that's pretty common amongst 
all of us, we all like a beer. Yeah. Maybe we all like to sleep in too much or we don't sleep enough or, yes. you know, what, whatever it is. I feel like those podcasts you can... And you can take snippets from each podcast. Yeah, I don't take every... I don't, I'm yeah, not working you know what for... I mean? Yeah. yeah. To your point, instead of saying no alcohol forever, you no. might go, well, I don't drink through the week anymore. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, you went... Yesterday we did a session before you went down the bowler and watched the fight. Just little things. Yeah, you just, just change it up and... I might, I might end up in your gym, Woody. You coming? You, you, you might be my mentor, mate. I'll, seriously, I'll get that golf swing. We'll get your fucking what is it? Your ball speed. We'll get that going. Okay, swing Sorry. speed. Were you quick back, like Zach and Luca. Quick. Were you quick? Uh, I was the quickest at school. Yeah. I was. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, let's I fucking get you a couple of Johnny you. Gannon hundred meter sprints. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. would love to see you in full flight with. You. I feel. Mate, I maybe, feel like maybe I, if I could lose ten I kilos. I just want to add. Anyway, like, I'm gonna. I'm in for a big year. I yeah. just want to add to what we've just said. Like, we're not trying to preach anything. It's no. just more. I get it. You get motivated by really good information and they, a lot of these long-form podcasts, some you'll put on, you'll just be like, this is the fucking stupidest thing or yeah. you can't even understand the words they're saying. There's certain ones are human and you're like, this is too clever for me. Too, too high level. But a good interview with a, with a good guy like that, you, you can take a lot well, out. I think that I think mm-hmm. this uh, Woody's wardrobe will be very informative each week. I'm really looking forward to it. Great start to Monday, boys. Um, yep, final word. Um, the only thing I'd like to say, Condo, I'd like to say final word, is I'd just like to say a big thank you to our editor, Louis Muller. Yeah. He's yep. under the pump at the moment. He's, he's got he's got 38 more, jobs. He's got more balls in the air than you can yeah. than you can definitely catch. And he's yeah. Fitting the ball and all in and yeah. knocking our edits out on time. Appreciate and, it. Yeah, well done, Louis. All right, guys. See you on Friday. I'm going home to study. Oh, study. Jesus. We've got the Knights, Dragons, top. and Tigers. My God. Giddy up. We don't smoke here. We only set fire through the microphones. <laughs> <laughs>